let's hear from God. And he entered the synagogue, and for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. This is from Acts 19, 8 through 10. This is the word of the Lord. Well, friends, here, being the church in here today and those online being the church and later today will be the church out there, um, I'm glad to be with you this morning. Um, We are in a series called Being the Church, and we are discussing uh, kingdom culture, uh, the kingdom culture we are to have as as his people. And, And one culture I believe the church must have is to be multiplying to be a multiplying people. And, and today's message then is to be multiplying. Um, busy bees multiply the beautiful things that God is growing in our world. And we are to be busy bees multiplying and, and bringing his word to others. Um, ask yourself, are you multiplying? Are you duplicating yourself as you walk with Christ? Is that something you value is that something you hold dear is there anybody here sitting next to you today or maybe in another church that is following jesus because of your example and because of your work you know jesus commissioned us to go and duplicate or make something called a disciple are you involved in some way in that work Because many who call themselves Christians practice a culture of isolation, not replication. And instead of duplication, they seek to huddle in groups of people that think similarly or have similar moral values and hide from the world in buildings they call a church. And that is more similar to what the Pharisees did than what Jesus taught his disciples to do. As his church. See, at Crosswinds, we seek to be a people that have the culture of Jesus. And so our cultural statement this week is training. We, we seek to create a leadership pipeline to build up people from the youngest to the oldest, to make disciples who then train others to be disciples, to build up others who do the same thing. Building up people is helping them to understand who God has created them to be, their identity in in his kingdom. And as a disciple, we are to hear God's word ourselves, be transformed by it, and then share that with other people. We We are not here to hide it in a building of like minded groups and 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 just study it. It God's word tells us to go do something, to go transform our world with his word. That's what our master Jesus did. And and he he brought us the seeds of this kingdom culture and lived it out with people, with friends. People that were different than him, sinners. And he he told them to follow him in this new culture. And then he sent them out into the world to to share that culture with others. Friends, that's, that's what it is to be 
the church. And, and over the last few years, I've been studying deeply all of the Gospels and, and looking at the New Testament letters and the book of Acts. And, and I started looking at it differently, not just doctrinally or informationally, but relationally and, and practically. And, and I was looking at the pattern of how Jesus and the apostles and, and what they were doing in the first century, what they were doing to disciple others. And what I've realized is what we do in American culture, and we, we call the church, is, is not being really the church the way they were being the church. The way they were being the church was very different. And, and so around two and a half years ago, we adopted a new model to grow Crosswinds Church that is not used by most churches in America, not most churches even in Illinois. This, this model conflicts with how many of us were taught to think and do church. And, and it can seem countercultural to modern church culture. But friends, I'm telling you, it is more aligned with a kingdom culture. The Bible, friends, is always counterculture. Um, because uh, human culture gets infected with sin, our, our desires and our pride, and we need to go back and look at what the culture of Jesus was and, and, and what he was trying to teach us. And our, our model is based on what Jesus said, and I'm going to have to read it from there because my notes went really crazy. We seek, no, go back, please. Oh, um, yeah, go back to the, the other one, sorry. Go to the green one, the next one. The verse from Mark. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seeds on the ground and he sleeps and rises at night and the seed sprouts and grows and he knows not how. And the earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then full of grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So it is an organic model, and if somebody could find my phone back there, I'm going to probably have to do this from my phone because my somehow when this converted to a PDF, it went crazy. So all my notes are crazy. Thank you, Shani. Don't know where I'm going to get it moving quicker. So go to the next slide, please. So our model is based on what we call this picture of what we call four fields. And the four fields is just a visual way to illustrate the pattern of what Jesus and his disciples and apostles were doing, what they're actually doing. You can actually take Bible verses, and if you've never done this with me, plug Bible verses in and actually see the pattern that they were doing throughout the books of the Gospels and in the book of Acts. There, there, was a, there was a strategy that they were employing, and this is just a visual thing. And so the first thing is we, we go and we enter the field, the field of human relationship. And um, then once we've made a connection with somebody, we, we plant seeds of the gospel, and we share seeds of the gospel. We have gospel conversations. And then we have them follow us in a discipleship relationship and help them grow as a disciple. And, and that's what those three fields is uh, was what Jesus was doing throughout the gospel um, with his disciples. That is 
all that they were doing. And it wasn't until the book of Acts where all of a sudden they started to gather those um, people into groups, groups of disciples. And then that whole process was then replicated where leaders sent them back out into the field to make new relationships, to cast more seed, and disciple people, and gather again into groups and form new churches again. This is the pattern that they were doing in the New Testament. And, and, and this is what Jesus has asked us to do as his disciples. Um, and I'm going to catch up to my notes here. So this is our goal. This is what our model is at, at Crosswinds. And, and it's countercultural. This is not how most churches operate. Most churches um, develop a marketing strategy. They hire professionals. And they invite those people into a building. And people learn to sit and be an audience. But that's not what the, they were doing in, in the New Testament. Um, go on to the, the, the next slide. So it's, it's based on an or organic model of, of, of discipleship. And I'm going to have to – my notes are really off, even on the phone. <laughs> so we're going to see if we can make this work because I'm a little lost in my place, but I'll, I'll get there. So basically, what we're going to have to, to think about is, is go to where Paul was in the book of Acts. So let's switch back to, um, go, go to the next slide. Next one after, sorry. Okay, next one forward. Did you miss one? Verse 8, okay. And he entered into the synagogue. So the Apostle Paul, this is what he did in Acts 8. He entered into the synagogue, and for three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. He was in a town called Ephesus, which was very ungodly. And he, he went into the synagogue, and he starts preaching for three months boldly and reasoning with them and persuading them about the kingdom of God. And he went to the synagogue because that's where the religious people went. He went, went to them first. And, and by persuading or by reasoning, what he's trying to do is share a new idea, to share a new concept to them, something that they had not seen before, which is the gospel. And, and so he's, he's preaching to them the gospel, and he's, he's speaking to them boldly of the gospel. And he's trying to persuade them. Now, that word persuade is the word obey. He's, he's trying to get them to obey the gospel. Um, but it, he's trying to get them to see through his reasoning that the word of God is telling them that this is the way to go, that through the gospel. He, he, is, he is preaching the gospel for three months to them. I think Paul sets a precedent here. If you, if you listen to me preach every week, I preach the gospel. You may be annoyed with that. But that's a strategy. See, that's what Paul was doing. He was always preaching the gospel. 
the gospel is the power of God. It, it is the power of God. It's, it's the engine that drives everything we do. So he is preaching the gospel to, to ignite those people. So he's preaching the gospel. He's trying to get them to understand the gospel, trying to understand what, what Jesus had done. And he's persuading them. Now that word persuading, go ahead to the next slide, is the same, same pr- word where it says obey your leaders. Talked about a pastor. That's not like a get in line with me type of thing in the same way um, it is in other places where you're under a rule it is that you are to be persuaded by my words, which are not my words, but the word of God. That, that, that you are to obey the word as preached. So when you obey the word as preached, then, then, then you're blessed. The power of God is unleashed. Let's go back one slide. But look what happened here. They... they they became stubborn. The people became stubborn. And they continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation. And he withdrew from the disciples with him and began reasoning in the hall of Tyrannus daily. They became stubborn. They became hard-hearted. They, they didn't want to listen to the pastor who was telling them the way to go. They had this attitude like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, you're, you're preaching about going and discipling people and having gospel conversations and, and you know getting out there and sharing the gospel. I ain't, ain't going to do that. And I, I want you to think that... that Jesus said that this is an organic process, the four fields. The, the growing the kingdom of God is an organic process in Mark 4. And then I want you to think back to the parable of the sower. And think back to these stubborn hearts. That the kingdom of God is this organic process. But, but what is the problem here? Is that some of the hearts were stubborn, like, I'm not going to do this. Power of God's not going to come in me. Uh, that's not what I do. I just come to church. I, I, I just sit in the church. I do what I do. And nothing's penetrating. See, we say that disciples are fat. They're, they're faithful. They're available. And they're teachable. But, but these people weren't. They're, they're I ain't, ain't going to do it. And, and Paul was struggling with that. So they're stubborn in heart in that way. But then there was maybe others, like the parable of sower said, that, that they, were, they, they were excited. They were like, yes, brother, amen. Let's go do it. Yeah, Woo! power of God. But there are other priorities of their life kind of choked out or, you know, didn't make room for that, that seed, seed of the gospel that power to take root in their lives. And, and, and so they never, they never let themselves get discipled. They never learned to have a gospel conversation. They never learned to um, disciple anybody else. They never came to a prayer meeting and prayed 
for anybody else. They never made commitments to their schedule because they, they had all these other big rocks in their lives that, that were, were distracting them. And, and, and eventually, trouble came into their life, and, and it just went away. Whatever power of the gospel that was in their life just, just went away. There's another kind of stubborn heart. And there, then there's another kind of stubborn heart, Jesus says in the parable of the sower. Those are the ones that the word of God came in and started to take root. And maybe they started doing some Bible studies and they maybe started um, even maybe discipling others or, or, or having gospel conversations. But there were thorns in that soil. The, the soil could grow, but there was too many other things in that soil, that, that too many other things in that heart that, that started to choke the life out of it, the, 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 the distractions of life. Work and school and kids and all the things that, that were other priorities that just started to choke the power out of that gospel. And, and, and so those, two, those people, too, were stubborn. They were stubborn. But look at what Paul says. They continued in unbelief. They're in the church. They're in the synagogue. They're religious people. But they continued in unbelief. How many Christians today continue in unbelief because they will not do what the gospel demands of their life? What Jesus has told them to do. I mean, I, I don't expect you to obey me, obey me. Who am I? Nobody. But the words of Jesus that tell us to go, he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And if we're not obedient to him, then are we, we're in unbelief, aren't we? And, and, and so, um, go, go back to that slide again, please. And so Paul was reasoning with them. But they turned him away. Through the word of God. Paul was an expert of the word of God. He's showing them through the scriptures the way to go. And so he withdrew. He, he, he walked out of the church. And he, he found this, this place called Tyrannus. And he started this school. And it sounds really official, but it was probably just a, a building, a, a, a pavilion or something that that was free during a period of time. See, Paul supported himself as a tent maker. And he would work until um, about 11 o'clock in, in, in the morning, and then it got too hot for everybody to work. And so from 11 to 4, he would train disciples to be disciples. And he would train the next guy to be a disciple. And he would train the next guy. And a, and a few other disciples from when he was preaching the gospel saw the vision, and they, they came with him. And he started this little school called the School of Tyrannus, where they were training disciples with the gospel. Their lives started to change. They were starting to be transformed, and he taught them how to share the gospel with others. And he did this, how often? Daily. With his off time. With a, a time when other people were free. You can go to the next slide. And, and, and the word of God says this continued for two years so that all of the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. All Paul did was train disciples, 
who trained disciples, who trained disciples for two years. Not preaching in a megachurch. Now, we can blow by this verse. But three years ago, this verse just jumped out at me. The enormity of this verse. All of Asia heard the word Lord. So I started looking up. What was the population of Asia at that time? That's 8 million people. That's like the city of Chicago. 8 million people. Just doing what I did with Charnay. Just and, and, and Rihanna, training them. And now Charnay is our secretary. And the, the next person and the next person following that Oikos map. That's the strategy. No big shakes. But in, in, in two years, a continent, 8 million people heard the word Lord. A thousand miles away, people were hearing the gospel message that Paul preached. Because he, he stayed in one. More, more reach than a, a, a megachurch. Whatever happened. You know, he, he just got out and he, he started discipling people started teaching them the gospel. They heard what? They heard the word of the Lord. Well, what was the word of the Lord that Paul was teaching? The kingdom of God, which is the gospel. He stayed focused to a simple message of the gospel, like our gospel conversation with three circles, simply focused on the important aspects. The gospel is the central message of the whole Bible from front to back. And he taught it over and over again. These guys didn't even have New Testaments. They were writing it as they did this. And and they got out and shared, probably with simple tools, the gospel. You know, a couple of years ago, I I, I started doing this because I I saw this vision. I didn't have time. The biggest objection you're going to have, I don't have have time. Too busy, too busy. I don't have a lot of time. You know, as pastor, I'm chief IT man. Um. Something breaks around here, I have to fix it. You know, uh, public relations, counselor. I just got a lot of hats, right? Not a lot of extra time. You know when I started discipling people? 6.30 in the morning, I had three guys come over to my house. Jeremy was one of them. We started discipling. And I had another group after that, a couple of guys. And then I'd find 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I could do somebody on Zoom. And it cracks the time. I didn't have a lot of time. But do you see what you could do? If, if you just did one person a week for the rest of your life, the power, the power of the gospel that could be released in people's lives. Jason and I had a discipleship relationship, and, and he's going to be preaching again. He's doing it because we, we got out and discipled people and grow them. And it's something that the church has lost. Lost the power of the gospel through discipleship. And we, we, well, as we did that, we developed tools. And, and so on the back table is a, a tool manual. If you've never seen it before, there's a, there's a, a tool manual that you can um, use to help disciple somebody. You see, when I started seeing that, there was nothing. I didn't know how to disciple. I, in church for years, I didn't know a system. So we developed a simple system. There's no cost to it where you can spend time with your friend and, and, and disciple them, help them to understand the faith. It's duplicatable and it's free. It's photocopyable. You can go to the app and you can download the whole thing and print it off on your printer. Or I'm working on what will be in the app so you can just use your phone to sit there and walk them through things. Because it, it's, it's, it's simple. It's, it's, it's duplicatable. And it's continued for two years so that all of 
Asia heard the word of the Lord. Now, it was just one disciple doubling himself in another disciple. I want you to think about something. It's an organic process. The power of God. Power of God in an organic process. Would you rather me give you a million dollars, Luke, or a penny and double that amount every day for 30 days? What would you rather me do? Huh? The penny, smart kid. See, some people would take the million dollars, the quick buck, right? But they don't understand geometric progression. That penny doubled over a 30-day period comes to like 500,000 um, or 500 million, 300,000 something. It's in my notes. I don't know the exact amount, but, um, but it's a lot. That power of duplication. And that's what Paul was doing. He was duplicating himself into other disciples who duplicated himself into others. A mega church does not have that kind of power. They don't if they're not discipling people. They're, 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 they're creating entertainment, Christian entertainment. But they don't have the kind of power and reach that Paul had by doubling themselves. If we would all double ourselves in the next year, what would happen? Just in the next year, if everybody would take one person and disciple them. Just one. Not, I, I did 25 my first year. Because I wanted to set an example. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. What was Jesus doing? What did he do? Picked a group of people and he discipled them. This is biblical. It's countercultural. I admit, because we've all been trained to come and sit. But it's biblical. So Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So I'm going to follow Paul because he's following Jesus instead of Anley Stanley, who's a great teacher. But, you know, they did a survey of the American pastors, some of the mega pastors, And you know what's missing from their preaching often? The gospel. And these aren't like your prosperity teachers. It's teachers that we would all respect, people that I respect that are evangelical teachers, but they don't use the gospel as the engine that drives what they do. But what did Paul say? The gospel is the power of God. And and do we trust that God could do something in us and create a movement of the gospel that could could change our world? Because when Paul and and his disciples started doing this, they changed the world. The gospel changed the world. Wives started being treated better by their husbands. It changed the way men and women thought about each other. It changed the ethics of people. It it, it changed how slaves and masters treated one another. It started to revolutionize their whole society. Not through megachurches, not through 
Big star pastors. It's ordinary people sharing the gospel with their friend and sharing it with the next person. And, 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 and what I'm proud about this church is that even my youth, every one of them can share the gospel with somebody else. You know, when I, when I meet people, and how, how do we do this? When I, when I meet people, if they're in the church, because it's not about this church. It's about the gospel. When I meet people and they say they're Christian, I say something simple. How does your church teach you to share the gospel? And usually they look at me with a blank look because they've never been taught. And so I teach them how to do three circles, and I say, go share that with people. That's creating a movement of the gospel. I don't care if they ever come here. I want them to be plugged in somewhere, but I, I want the gospel to advance. And if I'm out and I'm having a conversation with someone and I hear brokenness, I hear something that, that, that I hear hurt, I just simply say, hey, I've not had that same problem, but I've had other problems. Can I share with you something that's helped me? And you know what they often say? Yeah. You know, 95% of the time they say, yeah. And I just share with them a gospel conversation. Because the gospel is the power of God. So today, are, 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 you, are you sitting there stubborn? That's nice, Pastor Ken, but I'm not going to do it. Are you going to be the church and multiply? What could we do? We'd all just duplicate ourselves. What, what, what would this, we wouldn't have enough seats in here next year if, if we all duplicated ourselves, or we, we might end up planning another church, which would be great. And, and with the internet today, you're not limited. It, this works great over Zoom. I've, I've discipled many people over Zoom. Disciple other people in other countries. And, 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 and the first step is to be something that can be duplicatable. So you have to be discipled. And, and, and if you want to be discipled, I, I, I could link you up. Charnay is now our women's discipleship leader. I can link you up with Charnay if you're a woman. And if you're a guy, I can link you up with Colin in England. You could be internationally discipled today by Colin or there's other people. You know, when I've discipled, I've probably done about 30 or 40 people so far. I always tell them I'm looking for highways, not cul-de-sacs. I'm not just teaching you something that sticks and stays in that little thing. I want it to move. We're, we're trying to create a, a movement of the gospel. That's what Paul did. It went a thousand miles away from him. When I was in Africa, I was having conversations with people. Everywhere I'm at, I'm trying to move the gospel. That's what Paul did. The, the gospel was a network. It was a movement. It wasn't just about a local church. The local church is important. We come here, our little school of Tyrannus, to encourage one another and to worship together and to do things and to be trained and to build up leaders. But then we go out and we be the church with the gospel. We share it. You see, God had a design in his word that Jesus was teaching. God has a design for each of our lives, and it's perfect. 
But we try to change it. We try to overthink it and try to do it our own way. And we depart from God's design, which is sin. And, and when we get stubborn and we depart from God's design, we end up in a broken place. We end up with broken marriages and broken relationships and, frankly, broken churches. There are churches dying all over America because they're not doing something, sowing the gospel. Buildings are sitting empty. So we depart. We end up in brokenness. Broken political systems, broken world. It's easy to look around and see the brokenness. And we don't like being broken. Brokenness isn't necessarily a bad thing. It, It actually can be a good thing if we'll listen to it and pay attention to that brokenness and realize, hey, the way we're trying to do things isn't working. So that's where I came to. I was trained in one way to do church, and I realized it ain't going to work. i got to go back to Jesus. But we try other things. We, we say, hey, in our own lives, um, I'm going to fix it with religion. We're just going to do more pretty songs. We're, we're just going to paint our building. We're going to put on this program. We, we try to fix our own lives with um, the same way. We're going to get new clothes. We're going to buy new stuff. We're going to get a bigger house. We, we try to fix our lives with entertainment in those new houses that are like, you know, ca- little castles like drawbridges where we isolate from the world and, 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 and we watch Netflix and we, we, we stay away from people instead of duplicate ourselves. And that's going our own way. That's, that's, that's being stubborn. And, and some of us medicate ourselves. We medicate ourselves with, with, with pornography. And we medicate ourselves with affairs. We medicate ourselves with prescription medications and illegal medications and shopping, and food. There's a thousand ways we medicate in the in the first century, they would call those idols. And actually, when Paul started doing this, if you read later in Acts 19, what happened is people brought all the things they were medicating themselves, their, their witchcraft and their pornography, and they, they, they burned it all. They cut ties with it when the gospel started flowing. Because they realized that all the ways we try to fix our lives lead to death. They, they lead to destruction. The Bible says there's a way that a stubborn man thinks he should go. I added the stubborn. But it leads to death. It leads to eternal death and hell. Doing it our own way. But there is another way. It's called the gospel. And if we'll just simply turn, wherever we're at right now, we'll simply turn, turn, uncross our arms and stop being stubborn and and, and do it God's way. And the Bible says it's called repentance and turn towards the gospel again, turns towards Jesus. See, the gospel is simple. That this man named Jesus, 
was sent down from heaven by God. He was the son of God. And, and, and he always did it God's way. He always loved people. He always cared for people. He always stood up for people. And, and he duplicated himself into other people, teaching them for three years. Just 12 guys. And he changed the world. But he, how the world changed was what happened is that the religious people were stubborn. They didn't like him. And they convinced the government people to kill him on a cross. And he died. But he was so good that he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And then he died. When he died, God took his goodness and multiplied it to us all. And and that goodness paid the price for all of our sin. For all time, past, future, present, so that we could be forgiven. And three days later, he proved it. That same Jesus, after he died, after he was buried in a borrowed tomb, he walked out of the grave and started teaching the gospel again to his disciples. Alive again. And that proves that he has the power to help us recover our lives again and pursue God's design, his perfect design for our lives again. And the really wonderful thing and this is that it's replicatable, that once we start to heal, like, like Sharnay gave me your testimony today, we have a, a story to tell, a testimony to tell, and we go out and we, we share that story with others and we go back out into brokenness. We go back out into a broken world and we help others. And that's God's plan. That's what Jesus sent us to do. That is the culture of his kingdom. To receive that forgiveness, to receive the gift of everlasting life, we, we need to turn from our stubbornness. We, we need to um, remove the rocks. Remove the thorns. Come to Jesus with what he said in the parable, with an honest heart of repentance. And let him make our heart good. And in a good, honest heart, we can be multiplied. He says, in that good, honest heart in the parable of the sower, that that there can be a crop 30, 60, 100 fold of what was sold. That, that, That your life can be multiplied way beyond what you think it can be right now. If you will just come to him in repentance. Receive the gift of eternal life. Receive forgiveness from your sin and come and follow him. Paul Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. What did Jesus say to his disciples as he called them? Come, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. Come, follow first. Be transformed by your relationship with me. 
and then God. Go. Be a fisher of men. Go tell others. That, that is what we are to do in the kingdom of God. That is the culture of, of the kingdom. Are you doing it? Are you involved in it happening? Because everything we do needs to be about that. And we all may have different gifts and abilities that, that make that happen. But we all have a testimony. We all have a story to tell. And, and we can't be stubborn about praying together. We can't be stubborn about studying the Bible together. We, because all that's part of it. We have to be transformed to be, transform somebody else. So you can't duplicate something you don't have. Right? We... we we become transformed and become a transforming agent in the world. That's what it is to be the church. That is what it is to be multiplying. Today. It's time to repent. It's, it's, it's time to make new commitments in your life. It, it, when we recognize that the Word of God is saying one thing and our life is this way, I had to change. And so that's a, a good and honest heart before God. When we recognize my life is this way, but the Word of God says it needs to be this way. So I want you to stand. And I want you to think about that Oikos map that, that you drew out last week if you were here. And if not, I want you to think about some people. And before your heart gets stubborn, I want you to start praying for them. Start thinking about how you can connect with them and how you can listen for brokenness and how you maybe can invite them into your life and form a discipleship relationship. It's going to cost you some time. It costs these earlier Christians to be eaten by lions and, 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 and some of them to be lit like torches at Nero's parties. And, you know, it costs. There's a cost. But if you're going to call yourself a Christian and a disciple, then you must pay the cost. Because there's a world of hurting and broken people out there that need to hear this message so that they can have eternal life. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for your goodness and your mercy to us. Father, soften our hearts today. Lord, Help us to obey Jesus and his word. Help us to turn to him now. We may be frightened. But what did Jesus say to Peter? Do not be afraid. I will make you. The work isn't ours. 
The work of the gospel is Jesus. The success is yours, Lord. We come and offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, Lord Jesus. We, we ask you to do with us as you will. We come willing. I speak for myself. I, I come willing to be used by you, Jesus. I pray that my, my brothers and sisters will follow me as I follow Jesus. That we make ourselves faithful to you, available to you, and teachable to you by you in your word. Father, help us to follow and learn to fish, to duplicate ourselves for your glory so that your name may be magnified in this earth and that it may be praised forever for your mighty love and goodness to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Today as we sing, if if you'd like to make a new commitment, you want to share and celebrate that commitment, I'll be over here. I'd love to pray with you. And if you've never been discipled and and you want to spend time with somebody, I don't care if it's 3 in the morning, I'll do it with you. Or I'll find somebody to do it with you. That's the only time you have free. Don't let time be an excuse. Let God transform you. Let him transform your heart. 